News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Linked Finance, the world has changed. It's about time finance changed too. Business lending for a digital age at linkedfinance.com. Now, I'm delighted to welcome to the programme uh, Mark Cummins, the CEO and co-founder of Pointy. Uh, Mark, you're very welcome to the programme. Good morning, Bobby. Nice to be here. Um, the executive chair is a place where we like to find out a little bit about the man as well as the business. So you might tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would. Uh, sure, yeah. So, um, I mean, my background, actually, I did a PhD in robotics, which is a strange way into a retail business. But, wow. um, yeah, that's that's my background. Uh, I started a, a business um, back in 2010, which we sold to Google. I spent a few years working at Google. Um, and then after that, I left and started Pointy, which is our current business. OK, we'll talk about Pointy in a second. Um, when did you decide that you wanted to maybe pursue a career in robotics? It was. <laughs> I, I was doing um, a, a degree, and I, I actually applied to Google for some jobs after my degree, and a couple of other companies. I didn't get any offers, and um, I kind of thought, yeah, almost on a whim, I thought, let's do this PhD. It sounds interesting. So uh, it wasn't particularly planned, right? Yeah. And then the the business that was acquired by Google. What did that business actually do? It was a computer vision company. So it was like Shazam with a picture. You t- point your phone at something, and it would tell you what was in the the photo. Okay, yeah. right. And how long did you did you uh, develop that business for? That was about two years. Right. Yeah. So that was pretty good to get in and out in two years. Yeah, that was. And to be acquired by Google, I'm sure was quite good. Yeah, that was a pretty quick journey. Yeah, it wasn't planned to be that quick, yeah. but that's the way it happened. And then working then for yourself and having been successful in that business, was it difficult to migrate back into a kind of a corporate scu- structure uh, or was it were you largely left to your own devices? It was actually a big difference, yeah. I mean, because you're used to, you know, you're in a small business, you do everything, like absolutely everything from, you know, emptying the bins to the marketing to negotiating to, you know, building the technology. And then you go back into a role that's much narrower. And so it's definitely a big change. Although I, I love being at Google, but it was very different. You know? Right, okay. And, and when you were at Google then, was it more of that same type of work where you're working on yeah. automatic uh, driverless cars and all that sort of stuff? I was working all on the machine learning and computer vision. So a lot of the stuff that's in Google Photos, Google Translate, uh, you know, it would be part of the Google Assistant now. So anything that, that helps Google sort of understand um, images, basically. What's your thoughts about uh, driverless cars and that kind of thing? When do you think they'll be with us? I think they're a bit further away than the hype might suggest. I mean, okay. I think there's a big gap between 99% working and 100% working because, you know, if they crash one trip out of 100, that's not great. Okay. Um, but I think they are definitely coming and they'll make an enormous impact. Tell me about then your your latest business, Pointy, and I see that earlier in the week you were successful in raising 12 million euros. Maybe you might explain exactly what Pointy does for us. So we work with local retailers and we have a device that connects to their barcode scanner. Uh, and it helps the local retailers get all their products listed online. So they attach the pointy box to their barcode scanner and they scan a product. We're going to find the name and picture for that product and put up on, put that up on a website that we create and host and maintain for them. And then we help them come up in search engines. So people are on their phones all the time. If they're searching for where's the nearest shop where I can buy Brewdog beer, they're going to type that into Google. We're going to help the shops appear in those search results and then bring a person into the store to buy in the store. So it's not about doing e-commerce. It's about bringing just customers into the store. But it is interesting that it's it's e-commerce, but it's e-commerce that's driving traffic to the bricks and mortar. Absolutely. Which is, which is I suppose, what retailers desperately need. 
I think so. Like we thought, started with thinking about like the the typical you know local store isn't really set up to do e-commerce. Like your local news agent doesn't want to be an e-commerce business and compete with Amazon. That's not what they're good at. Yeah. But people are on their phones all the time, and the local stores are not visible. So just giving them that visibility online to help them be discovered and, and bring somebody in. Like often, if you want a product, you don't know where to find it. If you find it, it's available ten minutes walk from your house. You might very well just go and walk and get it rather than wait for an e-commerce delivery and have to you know meet the postman or whatever. Am I right in saying that the pointy box is made in Shannon? It's made in Shannon, yeah, made in Ireland. And again, was was just the, the, the thinking behind that, you probably could have got it made cheaper elsewhere? It's actually about sort of the time and, and iterations and supply chain. Like if you can walk into the factory and say, turn the temperature in the oven up one degree or this needs to be moved a millimetre, like the, the, the time uh, of being yeah. able to talk to somebody in the same country. Massive value in that. So much value in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so just we, we heard a lot of it coincidentally with you coming on. We've heard a lot this morning from Cormac Tobin, from Brody Sweeney about the future of retail this morning on the show. So I'd be interested to get your own take on on where you see because I think there's a real fear among retailers out there at the moment when we look at the way consumers are shopping what's your own throw mark about about how we're going to be shopping you know in three in five in ten years time I think there's a lot of fear but I think retailers in some ways don't realize their own strength you know 90% of business still takes place in brick and mortar like Amazon is 5% of US retail if you read the media you might think it's 50% yeah and so I think like there's no reason that local retailers can't have the same technology standard that Amazon does. They just need to you know rally around a few tech platforms and get it right. There's no question that tech has to be part of it, right? People are on their phones all the time. If you're not seeing your local businesses there, you're going to lose out for sure. But I think you know online visibility, delivery, those kind of things, even self-driving cars potentially, like you know they could actually have a large impact and 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 actually be a you know something that local retailers can use and adapt to. And I think there's a sort of a hybrid coming where, like, I don't think all local stores are about to disappear, but I think they're going to have some element of their business online if it's, you know, an advertising part or a delivery part. Uh, and I think that they're, you know, people still want to go into stores. Yeah. They, they get an experience there. They get to talk to people. You know, I think that's... Um, that's not going to change. It's not going to go away. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. I think maybe maybe some retailers will outsource that online bit, you know, and they'll do what they do well, as you say, which is local retailing, knowing yeah. the customer, talking to them. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd be a bit worried if I was like a sort of big box out of town retailer. You know, I think some of the things that people are looking for now, like you look at small independent bookstores are growing in the US. Like, yeah. could you believe that? Like you think Amazon owns books, but more than half of books are still sold offline. And some of the small bookstores, they're, they're like partly a coffee shop. You know, people like the experience. And so I think, you know, people are millennials or whatever, they, they're living much more in city centers. I think like that, that kind of um, experience is, is, is what people you know, do actually look for. About, is, am I right in saying about you've got 5,000 retailers using Pointy at the moment? How many of them are in the US? It's about 70% in the US. Ireland would be about the second largest and then there's some in Canada and the UK. Okay, so does that mean that the future of your business is in the US per se? Well, it is the largest market, yeah. yeah. But I mean, we have a big, big uh, base in Ireland as well. And I mean, it grows very quickly. So we're currently growing maybe 16, 17% per month. And just very finally then, one of your big challenges must be hiring. How do you attract good people? 
good, educated, high-tech people, how do you get them to join Pointy? I mean, as anybody will tell you, it's really hard and, and people are the key to everything, right? You yeah. know, good people uh, just make it all work. And um, like I said, we're growing maybe 16, 70% a month. So we're having, you know, a new starter maybe every week. Wow. Uh, so getting those people at the right quality, we put a huge amount of effort into that and, and that's that's difficult. Well, listen, we'll watch your progress with, 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 with absolute interest. Mark Cummins, CEO and co-founder of Pointy, thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you.